Welcome to this message from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon. City Bible Church is a vibrant community of people with one common desire to experience God, enjoy people, and celebrate life. I'd like you to turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John this morning, John chapter 10. Uh, It's such a tremendous chapter. Well, John chapter 10, and I'm reading from the New King James here. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he, brings, uh, uh, when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will uh, by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, or King James says, a parable, but, did, uh, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, All whoever uh, came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that they might have life and that they might, uh, may have it more abundantly. Everybody said amen. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, uh, one, does not, uh, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known by mine. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Pray that the Lord will bless that uh, passage to our heart. What I want to talk to you about is uh, having ears to hear or hearing his voice. I've sort of got a double title here. Having ears to hear and hearing his voice. Um, as we go through the scripture here, we find that when Jesus returns a second time, we're told in the Gospel of Matthew, that he's going to sit upon the throne of his glory and all nations are going to gather, uh, be gathered before him and he's going to sh- separate them as a, a, a shepherd uh, does his sheep into two, uh, two classes, two, uh, two groupings there. The sheep on the right hand and the goats are going to be on the left. When I was a uh, young man, I heard teaching on this that... Uh, uh, some of the ultra dispensationalists refer to uh, Matthew chapter 25 as the uh, that when Jesus comes again the second time, he's going to gather all the nations before him, and we agree with that. But there are going to be sheep nations and goat nations. And so I was taught, and I uh, had great anointings on it till I found I was wrong. How many have had to relearn things uh, and so forth? That there's no such thing as sheep and goat nations, but in every nation there are sheep and goats. The sheep belong to Lord Jesus Christ. All the sheep here said, Amen. Let's try it again. All the sheep said, Amen. And all the goats, there's no goats here. 
Uh, the goats are those people who are always button, you know, say, we're going to do this, but, yeah, and this would be great to do this, but. So there's no goats here, just God's sheep. And so in every nation there are those who are sheep and goats, and the sheep are spoken of as the righteous, and the goats are referred to as the unrighteous, as uh, no neutral class. Now, Many, many, many years ago, I just turned 80 uh, in February of this year. Praise God for his mercy to me. I don't look 80, do I? Who said 90 at the back there? See you later on. Okay, so when I was a much younger man, I was a kid of 14 on a farm, and it was a mixed farm, and we had uh, cows and horses, pigs, sheep. Uh, we sowed wheat and, uh, wheat and oats and so forth. And uh, we used to uh, take our sheep, to a uh, sale yards, uh, the, the uh, country town I was in was a place called Colgoa, and about 44 miles away was a town called uh, Swan, Swan Hill, and uh, so we used to take our sheep up to the sale yards there and uh, sell them. So I was just a kid of 14, uh, learning, a uh, bit of a ding-a-ling, space <laughs> cadet I was when I was younger, and uh, I would see the would-be buyers going around uh, the different sheep, uh, that they were looking at buying, and they would be feeling their ear, ears. Everybody feel your ears this morning? Okay, everybody feel your ears? Uh, now you can put that down. Okay, so I used to say to my boss, what are the uh, potential buyers feeling the sheep's ears for? And I picked up a great lesson then. It sort of became uh, more meaningful to me as I got older. And the boss said to me, the reason that the potential buyers are feeling the sheep's ears is this. They can tell the inner condition of the sheep by their ears. I thought, wow, what a spiritual lesson there is there as I grew older and uh, in hindsight looked back, uh, back upon that, that uh, they can tell the inner condition of the sheep by their ears. So there was like ear inspection. So this morning as a group, and I'm, I'm both shepherd and sheep, you know, the, I, I'm also a sheep when I go into uh, to the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, but I'm also a shepherd, so uh, shepherd and sheep uh, in some cases. So uh, we're going to have ear inspection this morning. Just check our ears out this morning. How many would agree with that? Thank you for that underwhelming response. How many would agree with that? Amen. So the Bible tells us we go through like uh, in the book of Psalms, the shepherd Psalms. Psalm 22 is being referred to as the good, uh, the Psalm of the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, Psalm 22. And then uh, Psalm 23 is the Psalm of the great shepherd. I am, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, the great shepherd. And when we get to Psalm 24, Psalm 24 is spoken of as the, uh, the chief shepherd, the Psalm, the shepherd king. And so we are his sheep, and also uh, some of us are called to be under shepherds. All right, now as you go through the scriptures, there's many, many scriptures. I just want to give you a few here. Uh, the scriptures are replete with the uh, symbolic idea that we as human beings uh, liken the sheep. God likened his people to sheep. And uh, when I was on the farm, I learned a lot of lessons about sheep. Uh, sheep are quite dumb, not totally stupid, but quite dumb. Uh, if there was a hole in the fence, the sheep knew how to find that hole in the fence and go outside, but they had no sense to get back in. Anybody ever been, you know, associated with sheep? So you can nod amen to that. Yeah. So they could find the hole and fence, get out, but they never knew how to get in. Just, uh, just uh, so dumb uh, in a way. Let me give you two or three scriptures that you're familiar with here uh, that tells us we're like sheep. Isaiah chapter three, 53 verse 6. We won't turn to it. Isaiah 53 verse 6. And it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. 
We have turned everyone to his own way. We all like to do our own thing, uh, the philosophy of existentialism. So we've all gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Uh, Psalm 100 and verse 3 is a good uh, scripture. Uh, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We've been doing that this morning. And it says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Uh, Shepherd Psalms of David. Uh, We think of Luke chapter 15 where Jesus told... uh, Uh, It's what I call the lost and found chapter. In Luke chapter 15, we have the parable of the lost and found sheep. And then we have the parable of the lost and found coin. And then we have the parable of the lost and found son. Very interesting to uh, do a study of that chapter. The shepherd went looking for the lost sheep. The woman went looking for the lost coin. But the father never went looking for the lost son. He had to come to himself And when he came to himself, he came back to father and home with a whole different attitude. All right, so what I want to do in our time this morning here, uh, I've got a question on my notes here. How then can we know that we are God's true and genuine sheep? How can we really know? I want to give you four evidences in this passage I've read to you, four evidences of being God's sheep. All right, and I'd like you to say this after me on these uh, four little things I want to look at uh, with you together. All right, number one, first evidence of being one of his sheep uh, that we have in John, and maybe uh, might get to a bit of a book of Revelation this morning. Number one is, my sheep hear my voice. Let's all say that together. My sheep hear my voice. One more time. My sheep hear my voice. Uh, then the uh, second one, and uh, I want to comment on these in a, in a moment here. Second uh, evidence of being a sheep is, uh, my sheep know my voice. Okay, let's say that together. My sheep know my voice. It's one thing to hear his voice, but it's another thing to know his voice. We'll make a comment on that in a moment. So my sheep know my voice. The third evidence uh, of of being his sheep is uh, found in another verse here, which we'll comment in in a moment. It says, my sheep know not the voice of strangers. So let's all say that together. My sheep know not the voice of strangers. One more time. My sheep know not the voice of strangers. And the fourth evidence of being a sheep is found uh, later on in the chapter, which we'll refer to. And it says, my sheep follow me. So all together, my sheep follow me. One more time, my sheep follow me. All right, now I'd like to make a, a few comments on those thoughts that we've got here. So the first evidence of being a sheep that Jesus brings out here is, my sheep hear my voice. In verse uh, 3 we're told, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. I'd encourage you to underline that or circle that word. Hearing his voice. So my sheep hear his voice uh, and the sheep hear his voice, pardon me. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. In verse uh, 16 we have the same thought and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd, hearing his voice. And again in verse uh, 27, we have the same thought. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So hearing his voice. So number one sign of being a sheep, evidence of uh, being a sheep, is hearing his voice. Uh, One of the great complaints uh, that I've, I've, you know, as you read through the prophets, uh, particularly, and then Jesus picks it up, is that, uh, that the people in their generation did not hear his voice. I want to give you two or three scriptures, so I'd like you to look at these scriptures if you, uh, if you have your Bible there. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 6 
And it's a concern that the prophets ex- expressed. Are the people really hearing? Really hearing. And that's, uh, that's our challenge today, ear inspection. Are we really hearing what the Lord is saying? Okay, so let's turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6 and uh, read verse 9 and 10. And uh, as I've studied over many, many years now, I find that these two verses are the most quoted verses uh, of Isaiah in the New Testament. Uh, the reference we're going to look at here, Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 9 and 10, uh, it's quoted in Matthew, Mark and Luke in the Synoptic Gospels. I think it's also quoted in John. It's quoted also in the book of Acts. And if I remember correctly, it's also quoted in the book of Romans. So it's the most quoted verse in the New Testament by the New Testament writers. But listen to, uh, to what Isaiah says. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 9. And uh, the Lord speaking. And he said, Go... And tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, and make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understanding with their heart, and convert and be healed. You'll notice three things there involved, uh, uh, you know, parts of the body, the heart. An inward condition, the ears, we have two ears, and eyes, their eyes. So the eyes, the ears, and the heart. And what's the condition in Isaiah's time? He's lamenting the fact they have ears to hear, but they just don't hear it. They have eyes to see it, but they just don't see it, because it's a heart condition. They're having uh, uh, angina of the heart, hardening of the arteries, I call it. So let's turn to Jeremiah. Jeremiah, in his time, expresses the same concern. Jeremiah chapter 5. I'd like to encourage you to look at your Bible on these things. Jeremiah chapter 5 and uh, just one verse, verse 21. And Isaiah, I mean, Jeremiah expresses the same concern to his generation, about his generation. So in verse 21, he says, Hear this now, O foolish people, without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. As we say, you know, there's none so blind as those who don't want to see. None so deaf as those who don't want to hear. And so uh, uh, Jeremiah, Isaiah, both of them expressing concern in their generation. People have ears to hear, but they just don't hear it. They have eyes to see, but they just don't see it. Let's go over to the prophet Ezekiel. And in Ezekiel chapter 12, he expresses the same concern about his generation going into Babylonian captivity. He just adds another word that is sort of uh, the root problem. Ezekiel chapter 12, and let's pick up in verse 1 and 2. Ezekiel 12 and verse 1 and 2. The word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house. This is it. We're living in a rebellious generation, rebel generation, rebel against authority, uh, submit to nobody but yourself. And he says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house, which has eyes to see but does not see, and ears to hear, but does not hear. Why? Because the root problem is a rebellious house. So, you know, spiritual blindness, spiritual deafness. Ears to hear, but they just don't hear it. Eyes to see, but they just don't see it. Let me turn to one more prophet here. And uh, this prophet adds a word that I'm sure has been brought to your attention. But let's turn to the prophet Amos. The prophet Amos. And uh, let's turn to uh, Amos chapter 8, it is, Amos chapter 8, and uh, verse 11. And Amos just supplies another word here that's uh, quite challenging to us. Amos chapter 8, and verse 11, and what does he say? Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, 
that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Now, notice what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, I'm going to send a famine of of the word, a famine in the land of bread or thirst for water, and not a famine of the words of the Lord, but it's actually a famine of hearing. And the scarcity is not in the word. I mean, how many believe that City Bible, you are a blessed church? Amen. Amen. A little bit louder, a little bit more response there. You are a blessed church with my son-in-law, Brother Frank, and Mark Estes, and all the different ministries you have here. Those of you in PBC, how many in PBC? You are so blessed with all the teachers and the faculty there uh, that you've got that you are so blessed. There's never been so much word uh, as there is today. Uh, it's not a famine of the word. The scarcity is not in the word, you know, with the television and the, the, the web, the internet. I mean, the, every, everything. We are swamped with seminars and everything like that. So the scarcity is not in the word. The scarcity is in the hearing of the word. Uh, how many were here last Sunday? Uh, how many re- remember who preached? Heads up. Anybody? Who preached last Sunday? Brother Frank. And what did he preach on? Surplus anointing. Is that right? See, I, we were at uh, Mill Plain campus last Sunday and just enjoyed that. Uh, sometimes when my wife and I are away traveling and we come back to our home church city, uh, city life, uh, I say to people, or people say to me, oh, Kevin, you should have been here last Sunday. You should have heard what Mark preached. Uh, what did he preach on? Oh, it was just out of this world. You know, it was just tremendous. Well, what did he preach on? Oh, it was just, it was powerful. You should have been there. Yeah, but I said, what did he preach on? Oh, you ought to get the CD. I said, well, what did he preach on? Well, it was something from the Bible. <laughs> yeah, they heard it and did they hear it, you know? The famine is in the hearing. So, yeah, so I generally pick up the CD and listen to it and so forth. So the scarcity is in the hearing. I, I want you to go over to uh, what Jesus said because Jesus had something uh, that uh, none of the prophets speak of. I want you to turn to um, two verses here. Let's turn to... Um, let me see my notes here. Why don't you turn to Mark chapter 4? Everybody thinking along with me here? Yes. Thank you. Very good response over here. Not very good here or over here. Everybody think coming along with me? Okay. All right. I want you to look at two verses that Jesus says. Uh, says. Uh, let's turn to Mark chapter 4. And at the same time, I want you to turn over to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 8. So Mark chapter 4 and Luke 8, I'd like you to look at two verses here because uh, uh, Jesus picks up this lament of the prophets concerning his generation. And uh, if you're taking down notes, it's very interesting that 14 times in the New Testament, in the Gospels and the book of Revelation, there is a little difference there. Jesus says, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So he picks up the same thing, and about 14 times, Jesus saying, if you've got ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I want you to notice two words that Jesus uh, supplies us here. Mark chapter 4, and we'll pick up in verse uh, 23. Mark 4, verse 23. And he says, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, take heed, what's your Bible say? You got your Bible open there? 
Okay, circle the next word. I've circled in my Bible. And he said to them, take heed what you hear. Everybody say what? What you hear. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Often I hear people, oh, give me more, give me more, give me more. Hey, say, Jesus says, are you listening to what I've already given you? Are you already hearing? Unto you that hear, more shall be given. Then he says, for he that has, for whoever has, has what? Very peculiar say, a statement. To him more will be given. But whoever does not have, does not have what, Jesus? It sounds funny. Even what he has will be taken away from him. All right, hold that a moment. Turn over to Luke chapter 8. And Luke, in the same context, he just gives us a different word. I want you to notice that. So, you know, Isaiah laments it. Jeremiah, Jeremiah laments it. And Ezekiel laments it. And Amos, now Jesus is just confirmed. He that hath an ear. Okay, Luke chapter 8. And let's pick up in verse 18. And if you haven't marked your Bible, I'd like you to mark one word here, circle that I have. So in verse 18, Luke 8, verse 18, he says, Take heed therefore how ye hear. Everybody say how. Take heed therefore how ye hear. For whoever has, has what? To him more will be given. And whoever does not have, does not have what? Even what he seems to have shall be taken from him. Now I want you to listen to me a moment here. Jesus says in one place, take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. Let me see if we can uh, uh, just uh, say this reasonably quickly, <laughs> watching our time here. Um, what's the difference between the what and the how? Many, many, many years ago, uh, I belonged to a particular uh, fellowship where we didn't believe in communion, didn't believe in water baptism, didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and so forth. I did believe in Jesus, but I was what I call an unbelieving believer. And then uh, eventually I moved into a Pentecostal church where they did believe in communion. And uh, Sunday by Sunday, I, uh, we would have communion there. And the, uh, the minister would get up and say, now, as we look to the Lord this morning, we're going to have communion. Now, there's nothing in the bread and nothing in the cup. Let's look away to Jesus. And my poor little mind, coming from a particular group where we didn't believe in communion uh, at all, and I come into a place that does believe in communion, they say, now, t- uh, you know, there's nothing in the bread, nothing in the cup. Let's look away to Jesus. My poor little mind used to go like this. Oh, Lord, there's nothing in the bread, nothing in the cup. Bless this nothing. May I get nothing out of it. And we got nothing out of it. Now, how many believe there is something in communion? Otherwise, if there's nothing, you're wasting your time. It's like water baptism. If there's nothing in water baptism, why bother with it? You just go down a dry sinner and come up a wet one? Are you listening out there? Well, then... When I, that was my second excommunication, I went into another uh, place where they saw that there was something in the Lord's table in the communion. And uh, this brother got up and he said, oh, he said, I've seen something in the communion this morning that I've never seen before. Jesus said, this is my body. This is my blood shed for you. And how many uh, have ever been healed at the communion table? My daughter was, Sharon, many years ago. I mean, that's a whole story in itself. And uh, so there were two people in that meeting, there was more than two, but two, and one brother who said, I saw something this morning, and another brother got up, and he threw the biscuit on the floor, poured the cup out, and went out and wrote a tract, and said, these people in this uh, particular fellowship, they believe in this. Now, what was the problem? 
Jesus said, take heed what you hear, take heed how you hear. Listen to me. What you hear is the material you're listening to. How you hear is the attitude that you listen to it. Now, what you're hearing this morning, you're all hearing the what, but how. We're talking about ear inspection is the attitude you listen. And some people come to a meeting and say, I got nothing out the meeting this morning. Hey, you heard it. What, what did you hear? How did you hear it? What was the attitude? And so Jesus, 14 times, he says, take heed what you hear, take heed how you hear. How many believe it's really important? So my sheep hear my voice. Let's move on quickly as time does. Second thing I want to pick up and make a few comments on here. So just having an ear to hear. So number two, the second uh, evidence of being a shepherd is not only do we hear his voice in John chapter 10. I'm back in now, John chapter 10 and verse 4. He says, my sheep know my voice. Now it's really important to get hold of this thought here, I believe, because you can hear a voice and not know the voice. Let me illustrate. Put down, if you're taking down notes here, put down 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. And here we have the story, uh, quite a sad story, frightening story here. Here we have an example of, of a man who knew the voice but never heard it and of a young, young person who heard the voice but didn't know it. So my sheep hear my voice, my sheep know my voice. Now, the story we have there is about Eli and Samuel. Eli's an old man. He's just lost the plot. He's just not with it. And so as he's laying down there and Samuel's going to go to sleep, all of a sudden Samuel hears this voice. And uh, like a good PBC student, (laughs) amen, he runs to Eli and says, here I am, for you did call me. Now, Eli's just lost the plot. He's an old man. He's... He's just not with it. His kids are immoral. They're laying with women at the tabernacle. And so he says to Samuel, oh, you're hearing things. Just go back to sleep. And so Samuel goes back to bed and he's going to go to sleep. And all of a sudden he hears the voice. Now, he hears the voice, but he doesn't know the voice. And uh, he, he hears this voice, Samuel, Samuel. So being a good PB student, he just runs in. He sends him to the voice of the Lord and he doesn't know it. But he runs into Eli and said, here I am, you did call me. And Eli says, no, I didn't go back to sleep. You're just hearing things. Hey, don't listen to old people who've lost the plot. I have not lost the plot. I'm still with it, hallelujah. But there's some old people who've lost the plot and tell you, oh, don't go getting stirred up, you young people. Just go back to sleep. Hey, God's calling, God's speaking. And so Samuel lay down the third time and the voice came, Samuel, Samuel. And he ran to Eli and he said, look, you did call me. I'm not hearing things. And all of a sudden, Eli got the point. Wow. Here we are in the same meeting, the same tabernacle. I've heard that voice, and I know that voice, but I'm not hearing it. Samuel doesn't know the voice, but he's hearing it. That means God is bypassing me to a younger generation. Oh, it's a frightening thing. So he says to Samuel, Go back, and if you hear that voice again, just say, speak, Lord. Your servant is hearing. And then Samuel got, and Samuel was the beginning of a new type of ministry, the beginning of the prophets. The closing off of the judges and the beginning of the prophets and a prophetic voice. Wow, so much there. All right, so hearing the voice of my sheep 
not only hear my voice, they know my voice. I, I want to finish on that in a little while. Okay, number three, the third thing, just a few comments here. Uh, the third thing about being, a, you know, the evidence of being God's sheep is, my sheep know not the voice of strangers. John chapter 10 and verse 5. And what does Jesus say here? Let me read it again. So John 10 verse 5. So he says, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Uh, years ago, you know, and it's frightening today. There's so many voices today and uh, so many strange voices that I believe we need to, you know, just have ear inspection. Remember when I was in the Middle East a number of years ago, uh, we were going, I was with Brother Ralph Mahoney and World Map Seminars and so forth. And uh, as we were going through there, just a day off and so forth, we noticed a, uh, a shepherd with his sheep. And in the Middle East, they call the sheep by name. They lead the sheep. In the Western world, we drive them. We are drivers. <laughs> we drive them. And uh, this shepherd was calling two or three of his sheep by name. He called his sheep, and the sheep just came to him immediately. And there was a Westerner there, and he said to the shepherd, Oh, let me try that out. Can I try and imitate your voice, see if the sheep will come to me? And the, the, the shepherd said, Okay, try. He said, I don't believe it'll work. And so the Westerner uh, just was given two or three names and called the sheep. But all the sheep did was they pricked up their ears and thought, mm-mm, that guy's got an accent. Uh, yeah. Uh, they, they didn't know it, but they just knew something didn't witness. They, 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 they know not the voice of strangers. And people of God, there are so many strange voices out there. In the media, the programs, the CDs, the DVDs, the television. Uh, television, you call it, don't you? Okay, what's the difference? Uh, it's so much out there, strange voices. And so many of God's people being caught up, listening to strange voices. Now, as I said, sheep might be dumb, but not, we're not totally stupid. When you hear that, you think, uh-uh, something doesn't witness inside. The Holy Spirit knows you need to listen to that. If there's not a red light or a green light, a caution light, listen to it. The Holy Spirit knows. How many can say amen? All right, so strange voices today. You need to check it out, first of all. All right, last thing, and then a couple of things I want to wrap up here. Our time is just about gone. Uh, the fourth evidence of being one of his sheep is, my sheep follow me. The careful sheep will not follow the voice of strangers. And Jesus often said, you know, to Matthew, follow me, come follow me. To the rich young girl, follow me, follow me. It's not just following a doctrine or following a philosophy. It's following a person. See, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. It's with him. And many of the rabbis in those days who had disciples, they say, well, follow my teaching, follow my philosophy. Jesus never ever said, he said, follow me. Are you following him? My sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. They know my voice. They don't follow the voice of strength. They follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. All right, our time's just, uh, just uh, almost up. Let me just give you a thing. In conclusion, how can we safely know the shepherd's voice? Four things, if you're taking down notes here. Number one, we can know the shepherd's voice through knowing the inspired and infallible Word of God. That's it. How many can say amen to that? The get to know the Word of God. This is God talking to us. God speaks to us through His Word. With Samuel, it says, And the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel. How? 
by the word of the Lord. So we get to know his voice by the word. Number two, through being sensitive to the Holy Spirit who abides within. So sensitive to the Spirit. When you hear voices, you're not sure. The Holy Spirit just puts that caution light on. Not red, not green. Caution, just caution. Listen to it. And remember, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word. When people say, well, the Spirit told me this. And if it contradicts the word, I say, well, which spirit? The Spirit and the Word of God agree. I've got a, a sentence here. The Spirit of God will never lead you where the Word of God cannot keep you. So the Spirit of God will never lead you where the Word of God cannot keep you. So we, we get to know His voice through the inspired, infallible Word, and we get to know His voice, number two, through being sensitive to the Holy Spirit who abides within. All right, number three, just a couple more here. And then number three, we get to know his voice by hearing true ministries in the body of Christ. So true ministries in the body of Christ. You check everything by the word. They did with the Apostle Paul, even the Bereans in Acts 17.10. So through hearing true ministries in the body of Christ. My safety is with the body of Christ. And then finally, number four, and then I have one other thing I want to say. By staying with God's people, the flock of God in a good, sound, local church. When I was on the farm, the, the sheep had a lot of enemies, the wolf and the dingo and the fox and the, uh, the blackbird, the, the, the raven, and uh, different enemies that would attack the sheep. They all went for different parts of the body. But one of the major things they would do, whether it was a wolf or a fox or what we call a dingo, a wild dog, they would, the, the, when they saw the dingo coming, they'd all run together. And they'd all sort of look out there like all the sheep would. And then all the dingo would do, he'd just run into the flock. And he didn't want the whole flock. He just wanted one sheep just to isolate it from the flock. A loner. Don't do it. Stay with the flock of God. That was the end of that sheep. It was dead meat. Stay with the flock of God. Stay in a good local church. I really get concerned about some of the attacks on the local church and that God's finished with the church. He's doing a new thing outside the church. That is a lie. It's a lie from the pit of hell. God loves the church. The church is his body. The church is his bride. Amen. So your safety is there. Last thing I want to say is that uh, big thing I learned on the, on the farm with sheep too was that uh, sheep would often, one of the most subtle enemies was uh, as they were grazing there, they would get bugs in their ears and uh, the bugs always went to the ear. And the only way the shepherd could deal was just to get all that mess out of their ears was to pour oil. And David alludes to that when he says, you prepare a table before me in the midst of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. And it was that anointing, that surplus anointing that dealt with the things that were bugging the sheep because sometimes the sheep would just bang their head with the distress let's uh, bow our heads in prayer this morning maybe you say Kevin I need to get to know his voice more need to hear his voice need to know his voice I need to stay with the flock of God there are some things that are bugging me and I just would like somebody to pray for me and just anoint me with oil and let the Lord just cleanse your ears. We've been having ear inspection so that you can really hear his voice, know his voice. Don't get caught up with the voice of strangers. Stay with the flock of God.